heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. We are talking today about the impact of COVID-19 to tear apart the very fabric of our lives and our nation. What can we do about it? How do we find hope in the darkness? How do we rebuild our trust in our personal advisors, our social relationships, political leaders, and government institutions? This is Dr. Lee for America, standing in for Malcolm for today's Voice of a Nation. For my career in medicine, I've been an independent physician, a strong patient advocate, and what I call a medical freedom fighter to help restore the physician-patient sacred relationship free of third-party interference and intrusion by insurance companies and bureaucrats and governments, and to help keep our physicians focus on the sanctity of life. I've been treating COVID patients early and at home for the past year, so I've had to face the battle against the medical establishment that sought to demonize those of us who stood up for early treatment of COVID with the tools and medicines we had on hand and did our best to serve our patients to the best of our medical judgment and ability. It has definitely been an earth shattering upheaval in my own trust of my profession as I have watched big medicine plus big pharma plus big government collude to prevent early, safe, effective medicines being employed to save lives like doctors have always done. Our core freedoms have been under attack from all directions, including the very medical institutions that we previously had trusted us to guide us into saving lives during any disease emergencies. I truly have found it stunning the degree to which government agencies like the CDC, the NIH, FDA, and Dr. Fauci leading the COVID task force have absolutely ignored the cornerstone of early treatment, which is the hallmark of medicine. You don't need to look very far to see how illogical and senseless the whole COVID response has been by the politicized medical establishment, by their reaction and astonishment at the very idea of early outpatient, home-based, sequenced medicine therapy with medicines that doctors use day in and day out. It, it was just unconscionable to see that high-risk COVID patients were told to go home and sit and wait in fear until they got worse. And only then could they go to the hospital and possibly be admitted. We don't do anything like that in medicine. We don't wait until stage four cancer to treat patients. 
it made no sense. It was inhumane. In fact, I often said over the course of last year, publicly and privately, that this was absolutely criminal negligence to tell patients they could not have any treatment. The principles of medicine were literally ripped apart like no time in the history of modern medicine in the approach to COVID-19. This orchestrated suppression of life-saving medicines to treat COVID-19 has absolutely been a travesty. And it has resulted in what many of us have called social murder of over 2 million people globally. This massive death toll has been horrific in the US, the United Kingdom, Western Europe, Canada, Australia, all of the westernized wealthy countries, essentially the G8 countries, have been those in which physicians have been prevented from access to life-saving medicines and have been threatened with loss of license or prosecution if they went against the bureaucratic and political suppression of the early home-based treatment with existing FDA-approved medicines like hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, doxycycline, ivermectin, corticosteroids, and even anticoagulants. It's just truly been stunning to see what has happened. And through it all, through all of 2020, who was standing up for the sick patients? Through the pandemic, there was not a single national leader in the medical response to the pandemic who said, COVID-19 is terrible, and I'm going to work with the best experts from many fields of medicine to find ways to treat the virus early, as we've always done with any viral illness, and prevent those hospitalizations and deaths. There never was anyone, not Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, none of the academic and agency leaders in the, C in the CDC, the NIH, or FDA talked at all about the patients. There was never a single mention that doctors and patients could work together in communities across the country to prevent these massive hospitalizations and deaths. Early treatment at home was a complete blank in every leadership conference and every media discussion. There was absolutely no empathy or concern for patients who were sick at home with COVID-19 or the families who lost loved ones. They are never mentioned anywhere. Individual human beings with lives, loves, and a soul became dehumanized, inanimate cases or positive tests or deaths. Our national medical leaders who were pontificating on TV with their constantly shifting messages and moving goalposts, people like Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks and the experts at CDC and NIH and FDA had lost all connection 
with the human dimension of this tragedy that they were supposed to be leading us through. Many of us physicians on the front lines who were actually taking care of patients simply refused to sit back and watch our patients die. We knew it was possible to prevent most of the deaths if we treated people at home before they became critically ill. We had pioneers, innovative physician leaders like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, Dr. George Fareed, Dr. Brian Tyson, Dr. Simone Gold, among many others, who just refused to be cowering in the corner, listening to politicians and bureaucrats tell us we could not treat our patients. They were some of the earliest pioneers and strong advocates for early home treatment, and we've all worked closely together since March of 2020, sharing information and approaches and speaking out in the media and in Senate hearings to help shift the focus to early treatment instead of the one-dimensional focus on contagion control with lockdowns and mandatory mask mandates, waiting in fear in hopes that there might be a vaccine at some point that would actually be effective. As we learn more about what really happened during the COVID-19 pandemic last year, it's really not easy to stomach the enormity of the true evil that unfolds as many of us have delved into the details of the various ways that corrupt, ideologically hidebound leaders and global business predators knowingly weaponized the SARS-CoV-2 virus to achieve their malevolent Great Reset agenda, all aimed at controlling the populations around the world and destroying successful economies by locking down small businesses and creating more wealth for the megalomaniacs of global powerhouse big box businesses. If we look at the increase in wealth of the people like Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft, and now chief executive of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, and many other CEOs of the big box global companies. We see that they all gained in wealth while small businesses across the United States, the true economic engine that drives this country, the small businesses were shuttered and closed, many of them never to reopen. Who were all of these puppet masters behind the curtain, causing a loss of life, loss of economic and social stability and loss of freedom? 
the more we dig into it, and many, many citizen journalists are doing just that, we see a really Machiavellian story unfolding as we identify those who were in control in government, business, and technology, who worked together in an orchestrated plan to disrupt our lives and our businesses, our medical care, our churches, our synagogues, our social life, our ability to move around freely, our ability to peacefully assemble. Their malevolent agenda and totalitarian interventions for the end game that they seek, which is totalitarian control and essentially removing our constitutionally guaranteed freedoms, has become increasingly clear. At times, you may have felt overwhelmed, as I did, by the degree of the deadly decisions that were made in the shadows by those who had full knowledge of the disastrous consequences to people around the world. You know, I found the study that had been done at CDC and NIH in 2003 showing hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine were antiviral to stop the virus from binding, the SARS-CoV-1 virus, from binding to the cellular receptors to enter our cells. And they were also shown to block the viral replication, which prevents it from spreading. That was known by our own government agencies in 2003 with the outbreak of SARS-CoV-1. The SARS-CoV-1 virus shares about 78% of the viral genome of the SARS-CoV-2 that causes the illness of COVID-19. I was astounded to find that article published in the Journal of Virology, the NIH official publication, Anthony Fauci's own agency published the study in 2005. I found it with a five-minute search on Google in February 2020. It didn't take much to find it, so if I could find it, why couldn't Dr. Fauci? Of course he must have known. He, he had to have known. The work was done at his agency during his tenure. So why has all of this been suppressed? Well, we can look at following the money, for one thing. We can look at following the political agenda, which clearly was to disrupt the 2020 election and unseat President Trump as the disruptor of the status quo and the disruptor of the deep state, control over our political system. Obviously, they did not want him to have a second term. And obviously, as we look back on it, they were willing to sacrifice millions of lives around the world in order to achieve the financial and political agendas that the globalists had decided were their great reset. And COVID-19 became the weapon that allowed them to do that. It's tough emotionally, I get it, to face such absolute malevolence that took place over 2020 and is still occurring. 
But there's another element that we haven't talked very much about in the public arena. And that is that it's also tough to face the massive broken bonds of trust at all levels. The bonds of trust in so many of our normal relationships have just been shattered. The COVID-19 policies and practices that have been used as tools of fear and a weapon to shut us down and lock us up and censor us have been actually sowing distrust among people across this country and around the world. It has been done purposefully to render us more docile, more controllable, and more obedient to arbitrary authority. Look at what the governors have done on completely arbitrary whims. The governor of Michigan, for example, you can't drive across the state to your second home. You can't drive across town to visit relatives. I had family in Michigan. They were locked down in ways that have been unheard of in our country. You could go to Walmart, the big box store, but you couldn't go to your local small business. And in the big box store, you could buy certain things, but you couldn't buy seeds to plant a garden and grow your own food. It was absolutely staggering to see how arbitrary and capricious these dictatorial rulings became. So the bonds of trust that hold our personal and societal relationships together have been broken and many shattered beyond recognition in all of these cataclysmic changes that we saw in 2020 and, and are still going on. These bonds of trust are the threads that have been woven together over the last 400 years into what I call the fabric of America. At all levels, this fabric that has held us together, these threads, these bonds of trust, have been disrupted and ripped apart. Our advisors have failed us. Our personal medical advisors, our primary care physicians, my own primary care physician says to me, well, I don't treat COVID. If people get sick, they can just go to the ER. And I'm sitting there in shock thinking, what do you mean you don't treat COVID? It's a viral illness. We've been treating viral illnesses as internal medicine docs for our whole career. We always treat viral illnesses early. And patients of mine from states across the country were telling me the same thing. Well, my primary care doctor said he doesn't treat COVID or she doesn't treat COVID. Just go to the ER. So... Doctors that we trusted were abdicating their responsibility to help us get treatment early. Our financial advisors, status quo, oh, don't worry about it. 
things will bounce back. Meanwhile, the stock market crashes, and we don't really know whether it's going to bounce back. Our spiritual advisors, pastors, kowtowed to the government edicts and closed to the churches. At a time when we most needed the spiritual and community support of our churches and synagogues, our pastors also cowered in fear before the government edicts. Very few church leaders were willing to take the heat to stand up and keep their churches open and practice the reasonable contagion control options that were available. So all of these personal bonds of trust that we normally depend on were broken. But then look at the ways that our major societal institutions shattered the bonds of trust that we have always counted on. Our public health agencies misled us, hid data, developed faulty test kits. The CDC was a disaster in many of the ways that they handled things and, and hid their failures from the public. The FDA, on its own website, contradicts itself. In one place, it says that its data on hydroxychloroquine was developed with inpatient critically ill patients. And then right above it, it says, oh, but hydroxychloroquine causes harm for outpatients. They had no outpatient data. They lied to the American people. Same with NIH. First, Fauci says, oh, masks don't really work. Well, we know they really don't. But then he says, you've got to wear a mask all the time. And now he's saying you've got to wear a double mask, which just further compromises your respiratory function, decreases your normal immune response, and builds up carbon dioxide that leads to headaches and all sorts of other adverse effects on the body. It's been absolutely nonsensical, it's been Machiavellian, and it causes people to lose trust in the very institutions that we need to keep us working together as a nation. Our law enforcement, courts, elections, politicians, all the unelected bureaucrats making these pronouncements that control and direct our lives, all of these have let us down in ways that have been absolutely devastating to our ability to trust what we're told. There was an interesting article in the Epoch Times in February 2021 written by reporter Conan Milner who interviewed psychiatrist Dr. Peter Bregan. And I encourage you to read it. It's called The Trust Imperative. Human beings depend on trusting relationships and suffer deeply when trust is broken. Trusting other people is absolutely central to our sanity, our effectiveness to live and work with others, 
our ability to trust others plays a role in our physical, emotional, and spiritual health. You know, many of the patients I've seen over the years who were abandoned by their fathers when they were young have had difficulty trusting God the Father as one example of the way that broken trust can impact our total health. We have a core need to trust those around us, to trust the stability of our relationships. It's a core part of who we are from infancy throughout our lives. When our trust for people becomes fragile or broken, we become emotionally distressed, and in the extreme form of that, loss of trust can lead to despair, clinical depression, and even suicide. I suspect there probably isn't one of you listening who has escaped that feeling of losing trust and may be thinking right now, who can I turn to? Who will tell me the truth? Conservative commentator Paul Harvey was the iconic trusted voice of truth in the last generation, and we have now lost this generation's trusted voice of America's principles with the death of Rush Limbaugh. Many of you, I'm sure, have experienced, as I have too, moments of helplessness and despair and a feeling of just wanting to pull into a cocoon inside ourselves. And this is by design. All of the totalitarian institutions and governments around the world that seek to control their population do so by sowing seeds of distrust, distrust of each other so that we lack the strength and the will to resist. In, but you know, in spite of this, we really cannot run and hide. We all must face this reality. Only if we know the truth about what was really done with COVID-19 and how it was used against us, will we be able to take steps to defend ourselves and fight for our life and liberty. We can no longer sit back and depend on a doctor to give us straight truth. We're going to have to dig it out for ourselves and be proactive and take steps to protect our health. We all must find ways to begin repairing these torn threads of the fabric of our lives. We must find ways to pull meaning and purpose out of the despair that many of us have been facing over this last year or so, and still may be facing with, with all of the uncertainty and turmoil that's being generated in this new administration. In this adversity, we must find our new meaning. We'll pause here for a moment and take a break and be right back. 
Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. This is not a fight of Republican versus Democrat. It's not a fight of rich versus poor, old versus young, man versus woman, gay versus straight. It's not a fight of black lives, blue lives, Hispanic lives, or white lives. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together, we need to shop together, and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement, and veterans. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Welcome back to Voice of a Nation. This is Dr. Lee for America, standing in for Malcolm. As we continue our discussion of COVID-19 and the broken bonds of trust, as we search for new meaning and purpose out of the adversity, 
as I was saying in the previous segment, we all have to find ways to pull meaning out of the cataclysmic events of 2020 and find a new purpose out of the despair that many of us have experienced over this last year with all of the upheaval and loss and change. Reminded me to go back and look at a book that I first read as a young college student and then again as a medical student and several times over my life after that point during times of adversity. I would come back and read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I was profoundly moved each time I read Dr. Frankl's book because he was a German Jewish physician and psychiatrist who wrote about living through and surviving four different Nazi concentration camps during World War II. Overall, he was a prisoner for over three years. And he talks about the experience of being totally stripped of everything in his life, his family, his profession, his life work, his manuscript that he had been working on and completed, his clothes, his name, everything about his sense of self, his sense of connection, his sense of identity was taken from him. And in a startling moment of clarity, he writes about the realization that in the setting of such profound loss, death, and devastation all around, the last human freedom that all of us have is the freedom to choose our mental outlook in the face of adversity. He lived through the hell of the Nazi concentration camps, and he continued his career in psychiatry, touching the lives of millions around the world with his teaching and writing and his interviews. In fact, I've watched several of them again recently. And it's really quite striking to listen to him talk about how he had developed the concept of logotherapy, which is a psychotherapy focused on helping people discern their meaning and their individual purpose in life. And he talked about the fact that he had formulated his theory prior to entering the concentration camp and had actually written a complete manuscript on it, which came to be printed in the United States under the title, A Doctor and the Soul. And at the time, he was 
taken prisoner, he lost the manuscript. They took it from him, along with his clothes, and later he reconstructed it. But he said it was in the horror of the concentration camp and the just beyond comprehension the circumstances in which the prisoners were forced to live, that he faced the acid test of his newly formulated theory about our psychological needs and therapeutic approaches. When he himself had to face, what does it mean? to be in such dire circumstances, wondering whether you'll live or die each day. And how does one find meaning in that? And, and he, he makes the point, which I think is a valid one for all of us as we've come through the 2020 COVID pandemic that essentially kept us prisoners in our homes, and we weren't able to go to work, we weren't able to move around. I, certainly our life was constrained, not in the horrible way of a concentration camp, in a, being a prisoner of war, but we were in an un, unaccustomed state of imprisonment in the sense that we could not live our lives as we chose. And he makes the point that the experiences of life in the concentration camp show that man does have a choice of action, that we can preserve a vestige of spiritual freedom and independence of mind, even in such horrifying conditions of psychic and physical stress, and that Everything can be taken away from us except for one thing. The last of our human freedoms is to choose our attitude in any given set of circumstances and to choose our way of dealing with them. Every day, every hour, we have choices to make. And we, we have the option to decide how we will make the best of adverse circumstances. Would we submit to the powers that threaten to rob us of ourselves and our freedom? Or would we retain our mental freedom to choose to find beauty around us, to find love among the people that we are with? Would we choose to see the beauty in nature, for example? Would we choose to use the time at home to explore our inner life? All of these choices, would we use it to exercise or would we be couch potatoes? Would we choose to eat right, or would we choose to indulge in comfort foods and lead to, as often many of my patients said, the COVID-19, 19 more pounds? 
All of these are choices that each of us make every day, whether we are in the normal circumstances or whether we are in the adversities that we lived through last year. And even though many of us experienced hopelessness, discouragement, despair, and, and we sought that cocoon I mentioned, we still really can't hide from the fact that we have a life to live and we can make something of our circumstances. We can use what we've learned to make different choices going forward. I, I think Dr. Frankel's words have even more power for us today as we Americans have come through something totally unusual in most of our lifetimes. We, we haven't had these restraints on our freedom. We haven't had these lockdowns. We haven't had the restrictions on access to medical care or being able to go to church or being able to speak freely. We've been blessed with freedom in our lives, much more so than people in other countries that I've visited. And so I think in many ways Dr. Frankel and his book become a really meaningful resource for us as we face the losses of 2020 and try to find our new way forward in 2021. I know I faced the personal loss of loved ones and many of the, the losses of family members of my patients that, that I wasn't able to help because other physicians were in charge of their care. And I faced the choice as well of, do I give in to the bureaucratic rules and the attempted political prison that was controlling our medical decisions and face the choice of letting my patients die? Or do I stand up to the tyranny and take the risk and face the threat of retribution and possible loss of my medical practice for standing up against the political opposition? I had to choose. How would I use this adversity? What good am I able to personally bring out of this adversity that will help others? I started studying. I started reading. I started finding out as much as I could about this new SARS-CoV-2 virus and the illness of COVID-19. What did we know? And where could I learn who was doing what to help patients. And we created a network of doctors that shared information around the world. And ultimately, it was my belief in God, my Christian belief in the sanctity of life, and Viktor Frankl's words all guided me. I chose with my colleagues to stand and fight 
against both the medical and social tyranny. We heeded the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Lutheran minister who was ultimately put to death for fighting against the Nazi evil in World War II. And he said, Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And you, our dedicated listeners, now face this same choice. Listen to how Viktor Frankl expresses it in one of his interviews from the past. It is a myth that has been developed and spread by uh, some publishers uh, that I came out from the concentration camps of Auschwitz and Dachau uh, you know, with a new, new psychotherapeutic uh, uh, theory. Actually, in actual fact, when I entered Auschwitz, I had a full book-length manuscript in my pocket. It was uh, that, the manuscript of that book that later in your country has been published under the title The Doctor and the Soul. Uh, so in any event, uh, logotherapy was already developed when I came to Auschwitz, but certainly the four concentration camps in which I had to spend three years uh, were, a, in a way, a testing ground, an acid test to confirm, to validate practically, empirically, empirically in the widest sense of the word, my theories that I had developed previously. And the uh, core, the nucleus of this theory, or if you wish me uh, to put it that way, uh, the lesson I had to learn mm -hmm. in Auschwitz was that those prisoners, those inmates, were most likely to survive. Those who had a meaning orientation toward the future, toward a work to complete in the future, toward a person waiting for them at home, those people who had a strong meaning orientation were most likely to survive, and I believe that something parallel even holds for mankind as a whole. If there's any hope for mankind as a whole to survive, this survival also will be dependent on meaning orientation. Mankind will finally have a chance to survive only if mankind arrives at a, uh, the awareness of common meanings and values. Can, of we, a, uh, can, can we find meaning in any instance, in any case, a person yes, who faces death certainly, imminently? because I'm not uh, tiring of uh, saying uh, life can be meaningful or made meaningful not only by doing a deed, by creating a work, and beyond that, by our experiencing something or by our encountering someone 
and uh, to encounter him in his uniqueness means by loving him. But even if need be, whenever we are confronted with an unchangeable face, uh, fate, whenever we have to face, uh, say, an incurable disease, an inoperable cancer, even then there is the highest meaning uh, potential to realize, to fulfill, because then, precisely then, we are called upon to bear witness to the unique human potential which is to transmute, to turn a predicament into an achievement, a human accomplishment, or to turn tragedy into a triumph. So you heard it from Dr. Frankel himself. We as human beings have the capability of transmuting a human predicament into a human achievement, or as he concluded, turning a tragedy into a triumph. President Ronald Reagan popularized the wisdom in a Russian proverb, Dovrier no Proverier. And it meant trust but verify. It literally means that a responsible person always verifies everything before committing himself or herself to a common business with anyone, even if that anyone appears totally trustworthy. We must each be more responsible in seeking the truth and not just blindly accepting everything that's fed to us in the media. You know, if you think back in the history of this country, Washington, D.C. started as a beautifully designed and laid out city, even though it was built on a swamp, an actual swamp. It was created by those who loved America and were committed to the values of the founders. The early builders of Washington, D.C. were average citizens who worked to build this center of leadership for the new nation to become a beacon of liberty for the world. But then over time, Washington, D.C. has sadly returned to its swamp origins and has been taken over by those whose agenda was self-serving, self-aggrandizing, and aimed at consolidating their own power and control over the average people of this country. President Trump showed us just how deep and ugly the swamp really is. Actually, it's more of a cesspool of parasites and stagnant waters where nothing beautiful grows. Nothing that health that biologists would describe as a healthy swamp. We, the people, now have a choice. We either give in and sink in the swamp, or we work together to continue President Trump's agenda of draining the swamp of the degenerate, corrupt, and even criminal career politicians and bureaucrats 
that filled the halls of Congress and all the agencies in Washington. Those who fight against us, against the principles that made America great, will not and cannot build beautiful things. Their life and times really have become filled with ugliness and theft and corruption and debauched lifestyles. I've often said America has become Sodom and Gomorrah on steroids. And tragically, this same level of predatory business and political ideology and destroying and demeaning and devaluing the very people who built this country and have made it strong, that same destructive attitude has infected my profession of medicine over the last 40 years. Physicians used to adhere to the 25-year-old, 2,500-year-old Oath of Hippocrates, which has always guided us in the art and science of medicine based on the fundamental principle, I swear to do the best for my patients to the best of my ability and judgment and to serve no other interest but those that serve my patient. In other words, we don't answer to insurance companies or the government. We serve our patients, and for those of us who believe, we serve our God. If we in this generation, this moment, this time, do not succeed in draining the swamp of the career criminal politicians and bureaucrats and fixing this rigged voting system that have taken us over and cost President Trump and many other conservatives with the America First agenda this election, we will be engulfed by the cesspool that Washington, D.C. has become. We must retake the future of the United States of America as a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. It is the most humane and effective form of government created in human history. And it is what led America to becoming the greatest nation in human history. We cannot let that die on our watch. The world depends on us to keep the flame of liberty alive for everyone around the world and for future generations. To restore these broken bonds of trust, we all need to focus on building our lives around trustworthy relationships in our communities first, based on shared values, and then expanding them to the broader world around us. Yes, we will have disappointments, but from the ashes of the past, we can build a stronger and more satisfying life and a better America. We are creative people. We have innumerable alternatives to mainstream global predatory tech companies and businesses and institutions that are being built by people who have the creative idea of 
focusing on personal responsibility, self-determination, personal freedom, the American dream, and political liberty. Join them. Put your energy to work. Help create these new groups. You can begin them in your home, in your community, and in the world around you. This is Dr. Lee for America, standing in for Malcolm, signing off for today. Get loud and do not be afraid to help change the world around you for the better.